the spirit of poverty and how to get rid of it. Okay? It doesn't come out by prayer and fasting. It comes out of a different way. We got to understand this. So, but two disclaimers that I want to put, you know, you can write it down. Please write them down. These are my two disclaimers. Number one, first and foremost, we worship the Lord, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the one that is unclothed, dethroned, and unpowered, whatever spirit is in the world. Okay? On the cross is already. So that's the first, that's our base. We're not running after spirit here and spirit there. Okay? You don't have to go look for demons. Okay? You just, that's what, what we called for. We are children of the light. Amen? We are of the light, and what have we got to do with darkness? Nothing. Nothing. So we don't go after looking for whatever spirits we can find, and, you know, I don't know, do some rituals and holy waters. and We don't do that. That's not what we called for. That's the first one. The second one, the remedy that I'm going to give to you today, and I want you to write this down, is the disclaimer. If you don't want to apply it here, go apply it somewhere else. Okay? That's my backdoor. That's my disclaimer. Okay, good stuff. So, we've got a course that we present, Slaves to Sons. Who has done that before? All right. Must do it again, okay? <laughs> and inevitably, when we present this course, we always get, and, it's, and I've done it almost 10 years now, from the... Um, Farnish Church are presented there. Inevitably, we get some pastors and their wives and people that have been saved for 10, 15, 20 years. And they say, well, I don't, I'm not a slave. I'm a child, the king of the, a child of the king. I am not a slave. I don't think like a slave. Week one, week two, week three. I'm a slave. <laughs> because you don't know what you don't know. You, follow? you don't know what you don't know. So you might think you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. And in this course, we start opening up your eyes and showing people you don't know what you don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Who's had that feeling before? I, don't, I, I didn't know that. I never thought of it that way. Okay. Now this morning, I've got a little picture up there for you. That's a spirit of poverty chaining somebody's mind down. Okay. So please... Don't be like that pastor's wife. I'm not a slave. Okay. Receive the word this morning with an open heart. First Peter talks about receiving the word of God with an open heart, not contending against the word of God. Okay. And if I say anything that is not in the Bible, okay, you can contend with that. You can burn it, throw it away, whatever. I'm happy with it. But if it's in the word of God, don't argue with it. You know, that's, that's what I'm asking you this morning. Father, thank you that we can talk about this this morning. And we take captive every thought, every imagination. We bring in obedience to the Word of God. We ask you, Lord, come touch my lips this morning as we speak. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? Well, we might hear your heart. It's not about more knowledge, but hearing the heart of our Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, before we go to our first scripture, I want to tell you a story. Uh, my wife's family had a very good friend, a lifelong family, family friend. And he was, he was extremely wealthy. This old man was extremely wealthy. He owned 15, odd, my numbers might be wrong, it might be 20 houses in Pretoria. Okay? So, he had a steady stream of income. 
wealthy man, wealthy man. You know, if you have 15 houses, you rent them out a thousand rand a house. Hey, all those people that, you, you, no one. <laughs> okay, so 2,000, no, 3,000, probably 4,000 rand, if not 5,000 rand a, a house. Okay, that makes it 75,000 rand a month, passive income. If you have. So he's a very wealthy man. So he used to drive a, a rickety ricky amakrokrok Mazda Baki. No, really. The, the, you know, the tailgate would like flap open and not close properly. You know, he would drive around with his Baki. Now, some would say to me, yeah, he wants to be unassuming. 100%. 100%. No problem with being unassuming. But when you drive about, you've got that amount of income, you've got this little Baki Kiki that's falling apart and it's like ricky, 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 ricky. Um, something is at play. There's something at play. That's not normal. At least they have this thing fixed. You know, it's your only vehicle. If it's your plus vehicle, the one that you drive around on the farm and you, you know, Gonzales' grandfather, you, he had a bucky like that on the, on the, on the farm. The, the, the fenders, the front fenders, when they used to drive, used to flap like this, you know, because it wasn't tied down. And when it wanted to break, you'd open the door and put his foot out and put his foot on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he brought the thing to stop because it's his plas bucky, you know. We're not talking about it, we're talking about his vehicle. And this old man used to go to the fresh market, fresh produce market. That's what he, he, he literally did this. He went to the fresh produce market and he went there early as well. And he would walk past all these nice veggies, he walked straight past it, straight to the bin where they put the rotten stuff. And he'll get tomatoes and onions and everything from that bin. And he'll go home and cook up his chakalaka with those veggies. And scoop off the worms and the maggots. Now he did this. I promise you, this is a true story. I'm not lying to you. And then he would be proud of his chakalaka. He'll invite you over. Come taste some of my chakalaka. I my chakalaka. And I, you you'd obviously understand that everybody's standing in the queue, eh? To run away. <laughs> you don't want anything to do with that chakalaka. Something's at play. Can you understand that? What is that? If you've got that amount of money, that income, but you're so miserly, there's a spirit of poverty at play. So the spirit of poverty doesn't necessarily only attach it to people that are poor. Sometimes very wealthy people walk in a spirit of poverty. Henry Ford said a very nice thing one day. He said, a company that only makes money is a poor company. You understand? That man had a rich spirit. A company that only makes money is a poor company. People that only make money. They just make money, 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 money. There's something wrong. I'll show it to you now. You see, a spirit of poverty is in this world. That's the spirit that's in this world that says to you and I, I want more of you. I want more of you. You work, I pay you a salary. But you want some more money, give me overtime. Ne? Give me overtime. Give me overtime. More. Always more. Always more. The world sucks out of Who this week? Anybody here this week? That received a spam phone call. 
spam phone call. More insurance. Okay. Why is that? That's the spirit in this world. Where did they get your phone number? You got a contract with some institute. The bank has got your phone number. Somebody, they sell those numbers off. No, we will not share. They sell those numbers off. Why? Because they want more from you. And then they sell it to, okay, we didn't sell it to anybody. We just gave it to our sister company. It's still us. And now they phone you. I'm phoning you on, on behalf of. Have you heard that? Okay. I'm phoning you. It's like, who gave me your number? Now I'm phoning you on behalf of. What does that say? We didn't sell your details. We just gave it to our sister company. These are the people you phone. You phone all of them. They want another contract and another account and another There's more. They just want more and more and more and more and more sucking you into that world, eh? It's easy to get caught up in that. Very easy. Business people quickly get themselves with 10, 15 cell phone contracts. Because this one's for a data contract, and this one's for that contract. And this. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay. There's a couple. That's, okay. This world wants more. The spirit of the world wants more. That's the spirit of poverty because it's never satisfied with what you That's the spirit in the world. The Holy Spirit is not that at all. The Holy Spirit communicates a little bit different. So I want you to go to our first verse. Thank you, Andre. Our first verse this morning is where you saw 3 John 1, 2. Now, John, this is John the Beloved. He's a disciple of Jesus. This is the same guy that when they had the Last Supper was lying with his head on Jesus' chest. All the money that's done that before, just lie on another man's chest. Just put up your hand. Uh, it's like there's no money that volunteer that, hey? It's like, yeah, but, uh, 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 uh. That's very good, very good. I do appreciate that. But if you've, who's lied with their head on their dad's chest before? Hello. You see, this, this is what we're talking about. John is the beloved disciple. He has got the heart of Jesus. He's got the heart of Father. He knows that heart that's pounding in the chest of the Lord. He knows the heart of heaven. And the scripture wants to reveal that to us. You see, the minute we understand the heart of heaven, the heart of the Father towards us, it changes us. It changes how we conduct ourselves. So he writes here, he says, beloved. So who's he writing to? You need to say me. Do you go like this? He's writing to me. What is he calling you? Beloved. Beloved. Now you can think it yeah. You can understand it in your head. But do you realize, do you understand, have you got a rhema knowledge that God the Father calls you beloved in your heart of hearts? You see, if, if, if that's the first thing the enemy wants to get from you. He wants to steal your identity. He wants to steal your identity. Okay, so all the people that didn't sin this week, would you put up your hands? Uh, we've got a lot of honest people, yeah? Okay. So you sinned this week, Luke. You made some mistakes this week. What does the Lord say to you about you? But you must, but didn't you sin? Didn't you this week miss the mark completely? 
What does heaven say? He says, beloved. You understand? God doesn't look at you through your lens. He looks at you through the lens of the cross. He says, I love you. I love you. You see, the enemy will get you to doubt that. The enemy will get you not to understand that. When you're in that world out there living, um, I used to be in sales. I did from the age of like 24, 23, 24, for 10 years, I was working in sales industry. Okay? That whole 10 years was an absolute failure. Absolute failure. It was the biggest mistake. I went from sales job to sales job to sales job, getting fired every three months. Every three months for 10 years. Why? Month one, didn't meet the target. Warning. Month two, don't meet target. Warning. Month three, didn't meet target. You fired, get yourself another job. You're not good enough. Now, yeah, well, maybe, maybe you had a bad product. You, know? you can't have a bad product for 10 years. Okay? I'm a terrible salesman. Terrible salesman. But what happens is the enemy now tells you, I thought you beloved. I thought Psalm 1, blessed the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor sits of the scornful, but meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of water and whatever he does will prosper and mature and, mature and bear fruit in season. Oh, but this is not happening, Lord. I'm praying, I'm giving. Every time you go to a new job, what do they say? Who's been to interviews before? Who's done interviews before? They go to interviews. What's their favorite question? Tell us about yourself. Just tell us about this. The last, last interview I went for, maybe I was a bit arrogant. You know? So tell us about yourself. I said, where must I start when I was two? <laughs> yeah, where is... Yeah, I am. Is it not good enough? No, you've got to add. Look at the paper. Look at the paper. Look at my CV. What's, what skills do you bring? What can we get from you? Can you see that suck? Can you see how it sucks the life out of you? Yeah, you know, and then, and then they, they don't pay you what you're worth. They just pay what they can. You know? And because my identity has crumbled and crumbled, what do you do? You run for the peanuts. And working harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. Do you understand what happens to your self-esteem right then? Nothing is broken. My Lord says, beloved, oh Lord, I don't feel loved at all. I can't even put food on the plate for my wife and children. I can't even pay the medical aid, Lord. How am I beloved? How am I beloved? How am I, I going to do this? Can you understand what the enemy wants out there? The spirit out there is a spirit of poverty that will suck your identity off you. It's going to suck it off. Now, I'm taking the example of employment from my own life and because I know what it is to go through that. But there might be different things and different scenarios in your life where you might be in your family and your mom and dad's just never satisfied with you. Just never satisfied. doesn't matter what you do. They never say, I'm so proud of you. Well done. They never give. They just 
Why? Because the spirit of the world will suck you dry. Proverbs says, woe to the country when a slave becomes king. Yeah, and oh, sorry, mama. See my skill. <laughs> woe to the country when a slave becomes king. Because he will use the riches of that country to fill the void inside. Okay? That's called in modern day corruption. Woe to the country when a slave becomes king. Because they will be corrupt. They will use the riches outside to fill the void inside. It's a poor spirit. It's a spirit of poverty. So this is where Paul starts, oh, John starts off and he says, Beloved, you and I need to get that. How much does heaven love you? It's easy, John 3, 16. For God so loved you. Put your name in there. Because he died for you. Personal. It's a personal relationship. If you don't come to Christ, you go to hell. I don't. Do you understand? It's a personal relationship. So he died for you. God so loved the world that he gave his son. The word loved makes you beloved. You are the beloved of heaven. God loves you. God in heaven, God the Father. It doesn't matter what image you have of who God the Father is because some people are still stuck in the Old Testament waiting for God to zap them with some lightning. Or to just grovel on their knees. Please, Lord, have mercy on mercy. Please don't punish me. Please don't hurt me. That, that might be your image of God, but that's not the right image. The God of heaven, the Father in heaven, is a merciful Father. He was merciful from Adam straight through to today. Slow to anger, rich in love. The God that heals, and He has always healed. What, what, what? Yes, yes, yes. Remember when they walked through the desert in Egypt, from coming out of Egypt, and the snakes came, and the snakes bit them? God told Moses, take a snake, put it on a cross, and raise it, and everybody that looks at the cross will be healed. Just look at the cross. Just look at the cross. From the Old Testament, he says, look at the cross. Just look at the cross. Just look at the cross. The whole time, God of heaven is, he calls you beloved. And you, it's no use you understand it here. We have to open our hearts and say, Father, I need a revelation yeah. That you love me. That I can identify that this is written for me. Does it make sense? It's written for me. I am beloved. So when he says, beloved, then you must go, yes. Can we practice that? Beloved? Yes. Yeah, I say, that's how I want to know. You need to take it in. I wish above all things that you may prosper. And be in health. What's heaven's heart towards you? That you prosper and be in health. Pray for you, send a blessing your way. I'm not talking about that. Okay? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God's heart towards us on the earth. That we are in this world and not of this world. And he says, if you understand that you're beloved, his heart, heaven's heart, is that you may prosper and be in good health. Okay? So poverty and sickness is not from God. 
Never under any circumstances is it the work of God. God is not trying to teach anybody anything by making them poor or sick. When we do that, we ascribe evil to God. And God is good and only good. Amen? Amen. All right. God is good and all the time. And all the time, God is good. God is light and in Him there is no shade of darkness. There's not a glimpse of darkness in God. It's not yin-yang, a biki wit, biki swart. That is a God of this world, this universe, this, this, yeah, it's, it's the spirit that's good and evil in God. The God of heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is only good. And there is no darkness in him. And his good is far superior to our good. Far superior. Now, I see no ears, no mind has got to see what God's got in store for you. For my ways are far above your ways. Above. So whatever you deem as good, the best imagination of what you and I can conjure up as good. Okay? The Lord says, mine's far above that. My idea of goodness towards you is far above that. Far above. There's a story about a oil sheikh that built a golf course. This is real, true life story. And he invited a couple of people over, professionals, to come and test out his golf course. And he said, you know, I'll pay for your flights. I'll put you up in my five-star hotel. Just come and play my course for a week. Okay. And they came out and they did it. He, he flew them in. He put them in his five-star hotel. And they played the golf course for free for a whole week. Meals included. Everything included. And afterwards, he went to one of the guys and said, How can I compensate you for coming to play my golf course and give me your feedback? He says, No, you don't have to do it. You've put, up us, you put us up in a five-star hotel. You've flown us over here. You don't have to do anything. We just thank you so much for blessing us this way. And I went away, and, on, and a month or three later, the sheikh phones this guy. And he says, man, I'm standing here at this golf course near the town that you stay in. Can we have a cup of coffee? And he says, sure. Man, my, day, my day is open. I went over. They had a cup of coffee. And while they're drinking coffee, he slides him over the title deed of the whole golf estate. It's because you love golf so much, I thought I'll buy you a golf estate. <laughs> Far above what we think. See, just living in a five-star hotel is enough for us. He says, no, no, I've got the money to buy you a golf estate. That's how much more God is above us and what he wants to do towards us. But we need to understand that we are beloved. I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And that's the catch. That little comma there, that's the catch. That's, just, that's the part that opens and un unlocks the doors for this to come into our lives. Is that your soul needs to prosper. The way you think, your thinking needs to change. Our thinking, when I say yours, I'm talking to all of us. Our thinking needs to change. Because your soul is your will, your intellect, and your emotions. As a man thinketh, so he is. Out of the heart, of the abundance of the heart, it overflows in am i right so you create with what you believe not what you think not conjure up give me a porsche no 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 
It's when you take the word and the revelation of that you are beloved and God is a good father that he wants to look after his children. There's no father here that would love to see his children suffer. As much as I want to make my boys hard workers and go do stuff in the yard, I still give them their pocket money if they don't do it. There's not one of us that want to punish our children. Are we better than the Lord? The scripture says that we are evil, wicked, selfish, self-centered. Lovers of ourselves, lovers of money. That's what the flesh is. It's only the regenerative spirit of God in you that keeps you from that. Must I prove it to you? We all were unsaved at a time. What were you up to then? Uh, no good. <laughs> no good. We were all up to some stuff. Okay? That's the flesh. It's the Spirit of God that starts changing. It says, whoa, whoa, stop, 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 stop. You're too pretty to do that. You're too precious to do that. You, you can't walk in that anymore. You're above that. I've, I've taken you from this miry clay, from this messy world, and I've translated you into the kingdom of my beloved son. You are up here seated in heavenly places. You cannot play with the pigs no more. You don't eat pig food no more. You are my beloved. You sit at my table. In the midst of your enemies, I put a banquet before you. That's what our Father does. So now we can no longer entertain, but we have to have a revelation. Otherwise, we don't think that way. We think like the world thinks, robbing us of our identity. You're still not good enough. You still don't have what it takes. You still have to do this. You still have to do that. And no doors are opening and you don't walk in. But what if you beloved? What if you beloved? What if you understand that you are beloved? What if you understand that Psalm 5 verse 12 says, you are surrounded with a shield of favor. Okay? So you're walking in a bubble of favor. What if there's a revelation in your heart that you walk in a bubble of Favor, because it says there, the righteous are surrounded with a shield of favor. What if you understand in your heart of hearts, you have a revelation that 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says that you have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you are righteous, not because, oh, you act so good, because that's just wanting more and more and more. It's added to you. It's imputed. It's the, there, you're righteous. I give you a check. I'm filling up your wallet. You are righteous. Because you are righteous, you are as bold as a lion. Did you know that? The Word of God says that the righteous as bold are as bold as a lion. I can't speak in front of people. That's unrighteousness and sin talking. When you understand that you are saved and you've got the righteousness of God, you become as bold as a lion. You start telling people about Jesus. You don't care. Now you're walking in this bubble. And you walk into an interview. What happens in that atmosphere? It changes. The atmosphere changes. Why? Because you are walking in favor. Good morning. How are you? Well, I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thank you. When do I start? <laughs> when do I start? You, you've been looking for somebody. You're looking stops now. Here I am, sir. You're walking in favor. You meet new people. 
They like you. Everywhere you go, people like you. And if they don't like you, they're going to learn to like you. Why? Because I walk in a bubble of favor. Because I'm so cool. No, 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 no. Because Jesus did it. Because Jesus did it. I'm walking in this bubble of favor. So wherever I go, whoever I meet, whatever contract I go into, I have got favor. I have got favor. Let me tell you this. It's probably two years ago. Now we bought our television through Telljoy. That's just the way we prefer to buy, buy our electronic stuff at home. So it's, it's insurance and it's a pay-as-you-go type of thing. My son decides it's a good idea to shoot it with a paintball or with a, with a, a BB gun. Or was it a golf ball that it hit it this time? Okay. You know what happens when something like that hits a flat screen? It's broken. That's it. It's thickened. Not a problem, my son. We've got insurance. I phoned Deljoy, and I'm being very honest with him. He says, sir, we've got a problem. I said, what's that? My son broke the television. He said, how did he do that, sir? I can't remember. Did he throw the golf ball? Did he shoot it? Huh? BB gun. Boom! He shot the, I don't know, moving target. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he shot it. The lady says to me, in that case, this insurance doesn't pay out. I said, oh. So why do I have insurance with you? Television, would you replace it? She said, yes. I say, somebody broke into my house and dropped the television. <laughs> because <laughs> I still have it and it's broken. And she starts laughing. She says, I hear what you say. I hear what you say. I understand what you're saying. Let me get back to you. It wasn't two hours she phones me back. She says, the company says we'll go 50-50 because it falls outside, but we understand your logic. Favor. Favor. They didn't have to do anything. But because I explained it to them, I could have lied to them. Okay? But I didn't. Favor. The righteous are surrounded with a shield of favor. If you understand it, yeah, not yeah. Yeah. Here, in your inside, the enemy will rob, wants to rob that. He doesn't rob the word from your mind, he robs it from your heart. The, the, the pleasures of this world, that, you remember that analogy that Jesus spoke about the word that's sowed and it's sowed into a heart with full of thorns and thistles? That's the love of riches. Go read Jesus' own interpretation. The love of riches, the love of money, that when the, heart, when the seed falls there, it quenches out completely that seed so that you can't grow. So even as your soul prospers, we need to allow the Word of God to transform the way we think and how we think and how we look at stuff, understanding that I am the beloved of God. Amen. I am the beloved of God. And His heart towards me is to prosper, and be in good health. So I have to get really angry with sickness. And I have to get really angry with favor, uh, with failure. I have to. But God wants me to be healthy and to prosper. I cannot accept it on any level whatsoever. All right, let's go to our next verse. So how did this, this spirit, um, what it does, I want to show you some scripture. This is a spirit of poverty. He, lead, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase that is also vanity. So I'm taking, go back to my story, this old man that had, you know, let's, let's be modest, 50,000 rand per month just coming in. 
Everything is paid off. Just think about it. Everything is paid off. You got your water, your lights, your medical aid, some food. That, let's say it's 20,000 rand. 30,000 rand excess every month is coming in. Every month. Yet it's not good enough. It's not good enough because he that loves silver, money, shall not be satisfied with that. It's just not never enough. When is enough enough? When are you earning enough money? When are you making enough? When is enough enough? You know, some people get so wealthy when the bank phones and say, listen, there's just another million in your bank account. They've got a sleepless night because they don't know what to do with that money. They've got a responsibility for that money. They don't know what to do with it because they're going to be taxed. There's some vultures in the family. You know, the family's always after the money. Né? Né? Borrow me some, lend me some, help me with this, help me with that. Who knows what I'm talking about? Don't put up your hands. <laughs> okay. Next thing. Next verse. We'll go to the next verse. Thank you very much. No man can serve two masters. We all know this. Let's go to the, right at the bottom. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. You see, the world says, listen to how the world says, earn money. Make lots of money. Is there anything wrong with money? Is there anything wrong being wealthy? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the love of money. The love of money. Putting money first. Okay? So the world says, listen, gather as much as you can. Work out your budget. And if there's something left, you can give it away or you can tithe. That's the spirit of poverty. Everyone suck it up, heap it up, store it up. Just get some more in the bank and more in the bank and more in the bank. It's build up. You see, when you do that, you're serving mammon and you're not serving God. I'm going to show you. We're going to walk a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with having lots of money. If you are rolling in dough, God bless you. God bless you. As long as the money doesn't have you. You have the money. Because the spirit of poverty will get you to a place where the money has you. The mo- it will lead you wherever. It will, it will call out, no, you need to go to this lifestyle. You need to do this. You need to gather more. Let's go to the next verse. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought. Okay, so this, can, this is Matthew 6 from 25 to where you should live. Okay, are you not worth more than the birds who neither sow and reap, but our Father in heaven looks after them? Therefore, basaleia. The Greek word here is basaleia. First, seek the kingdom of God. What does the world say? Get money, buy a house, get clothes, make sure you've got enough food. Da, 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 da. Lastly, right at the bottom, right at the bottom, listen. Where is the time for the Lord? Where is the time for the Lord? There was a gentleman that was very renowned that God used him. I can't remember his name now, but it's a, it's a very famous story. And yet the queen summons him to see him at 12 o'clock. And, but he's got a one o'clock a prayer appointment every day of his life. Every day of his life, he's got a one o'clock prayer appointment appointment and the queen summons him and she came late and it was Smith Wigglesworth eh? and she came late detail bit mixed up let's say it was quarter past 12 half past 12 he excused him he said excuse me madam I need to leave 
Do you know that I'm the queen? He said, yes, madam. I understand. But I've got an appointment with the king of kings at one o'clock. You'll excuse me. He's got an appointment with God every day. And that's the first and foremost appointment in his life. Now, whether it be six o'clock in the morning, ten o'clock at night, have you got a place for God in your diary that you will not compromise on? That's it. You see, we've got to put God first. That's the balance here. First, seek the kingdom. The king and his domain. The Basileia kingdom of God. The way God does it. First, seek that. And everything else will be added unto you. Where's my tithing go? Top of your budget. Yeah, but then I won't have food. Praise the Lord, you need a couple of days of fasting as well. Just to get your thinking right. Because you're really thinking like a slave. I won't have food. I won't have food. When we were working with the children's home years ago, that, th those children had, had three full meals a day and they were never satisfied. Now, I don't know who of you eats three full meals a day. Because I certainly have never in my whole life eaten three full meals a day. They were never satisfied. They were always hungry. Thinking like a slave. Trying to fill the inside with stuff from the outside. Whether it be money or food or clothes or fame or riches or TikTok followers. I don't know. It's going to make me good. I just need more likes on my Facebook post. Because that's going to make me feel good. First, seek the kingdom of God. You put your tithing right on top. Right on top. You worry about the balance for God. That's His work. Now, you don't have to do it here. Please don't do it here if you don't feel like it. That's my disclaimer. Just go do it anywhere else if you want to. Because I want you to understand this. I don't look at you and say, I trust in you to provide for this congregation. For six years, going on seven years, I've looked to the Lord to provide for this congregation. And there was a time when this first row was the only people that was in this church. I looked at the Lord. So, Father, thank you. For let's have, let's, let's have uh, fundraisers. No. I will tithe and I will trust the Lord. Why don't you tithe and trust the Lord? Why don't you do that? Where do you put your tithing? Right on top. You want to break the back of this thing in your life that wants to suck everything away from you. You know what gets me? Christians, people who go to church. They go to church for 40 years. And then they pass away and we look at their will and testament. There's nothing for the Lord. Nothing for the house of God. But they're sending millions and thousands to the SPCA and to the research for the rebreeding of the dodo. <laughs> you know? Or some cat without hair because it's going extinct. And the Show me your treasure. Doesn't the Bible say this? Where your treasures If your heart is for the Lord, just go look at your will. Just go look at your will. Did you, did you, did you put in there for the house of the Lord? God knew you in death. 
He thought about you in the period when he was dying on a cross. Will you think of him when you go that way? Does it make sense what I'm saying? Do you want to break the spirit of poverty? You see, you want to break it over your family as well. Your descendants. Why? Because you start thinking in a different way. Years ago, a friend of mine, he was an air host. He flew all over the world. He came back and he bought me a polo shirt. Who's ever had a polo shirt? Well, I've got one. I want to show you how the spirit of poverty makes you think. Because a polo shirt is a hell of a lot of money. It's very expensive. T-shirts, just a T-shirt. I think it's like 600 rand for a polo T-shirt today. That was 20-odd years ago. It's still the favorite T-shirt in my cupboard. I still fit in it. (laughs) (laughs) It's only now, after 22 years, starting to show where. Yes, it was six, seven hundred rand. But how much was it over the years? Nothing. The spirit of poverty says, no, no, that's too much. Bother, buy this 80-buck T-shirt. You wear it for six months and you buy another one. And you'll buy another one and it'll get you in the cycle. Oh, now you're constantly buying new, buying new, buying new. Can you see what the spirit of poverty does? So I want more from you. I want more from you. But when you buy that quality thing, you're rather safe for it. You buy it, you know you're going to have it for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Can you understand? How quickly we walk in this thing. Rather buy the cheaper. No, no, I'm going to go to Alibaba. I'm going to go to Alibaba. I'm going to China store. I buy myself some China stuff. The worst place you can take me in the world is Chinatown in Joburg. I went there once. I said to my wife, I am about to vomit. It is the worst place. I don't like it because it's crap everywhere at a discount for you, for free. You buy that, by the time you get home, it's broken. <laughs> you know? Then you've got to take it back. So now you've wasted more money on fuel and going up and down and time. You could have just bought the original. Doesn't make sense. But the spirit of poverty, what does it do? That's what it is. I'm not talking about being money wise. I'm not talking about, hey, there's some specials. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being miserly, walking past the good stuff, straight to the rotten tomatoes. And making a chakalaka. Hey, check what I bought from China store. What's that? Proud of it. And everybody must go, mm, yes, I like it. It tastes nice, your chakalaka. No, it's rotten. Do you understand what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying? I'm not saying you can't look for a bargain. It's about the thinking, the mentality. Okay? Matthew, you can just go to 6.33. First, seek the kingdom of God. Seek him. Now, they're seeking and they're seeking. All the women, married women in this place, know exactly what I'm talking about. And we used to make adverts about that. Honey, I can't find a cremora. Is he there? Who does he call? He calls his wife. Because us men, we can really be lazy to look for something. Okay? We can really be lazy. Honey, where's my, Ma, where's my shirt? Where's my underwear? It's like, do I wear your underwear? You know? Did I, did I wear your shoes? Because, and then it's like, right in front of them. 
See, when God says seek, he means seek him. Do the due diligence. To be and seeking while he's to be found. When has God stopped being found? The day you breathe your last, you can no longer find him. You've got this side of the grave to seek him out. How do you do that? You get into your Bible. You you put a time out and you say, I'm searching for you. I, I seek your face, sir. All right. That's and all these things will be added to you. The scripture says God makes riches beloved in their sleep. No, no, somebody, nobody got it. Nobody got that. Amen. That's me. You say, that's me. You have to say that. God makes reach his beloved. No, no, no. That's me. God makes reach his beloved in their sleep. But if you don't get a revelation that I am the beloved, you're going to just act like that. No, God makes it his beloved in his sleep. Oh, no, that's very nice. Oh, you're like, what? In my sleep? Because I am the beloved. Lord, show me where. Show me what. Show me what place. And it might be in relationships. might be in thinking. might be in friendships. It might be, hey, we're not getting sick. And when we get sick, we get over it quickly. It might be all of these stuff that, Hey, God makes rich. We're not talking just financial richness because it's not the love of money we're talking about. There's a prosperity beyond financial prosperity. It's to prosper where you planted. By the way, just FYI, if you are in this congregation, you are planted here. And I tell you what, I'm not the guy that planted you. The Lord planted you. Okay, so it's time to prosper. It's time to get involved. It's time to stand up and be counted. It's like, this is my house. I'm going to do something. I've got some skills that I can add to the table. It's time. Because that's what God means. The way I think. Oh, no. Do I really think that way? Yes. Most women in this place will agree with me 100%. 100%. I guarantee it. I can put money. If I was a betting man, I'll bet now. Most women would say, I wish my husband could think for himself at home. <laughs> okay? Just take the trash out by himself. Not me having to tell him. Huh? Why? Because act like it's your home. Start prospering where you are. Why are you waiting for me to tell you something to do? If this is your house and you planted you, Say, I want to do something. What do you want to do? I want to do that. Fantastic. Let's get it going. Do you understand that? The, you need to understand that the church, do you know the ministers of the church are? The people sitting there. Do you know the administrators? The peanuts standing in front. The rest are the ministers. And we ought to be a congregation that ministers to our community. Not a pastor that ministers to a congregation, but a congregation that ministers to a community. What use is it? We, we clean all the bright, night shining lights. Just clean all the lights. And then we all together shine one big fat light where there's no darkness. But out there, the minute we go out the gate, we put off this off switch. No, nobody must know I'm a light. Well, God says you're a light. All right. That's for free for you. Let's go to the next verse. 
Asseblief. No, not that one, the next one. No, 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 no. Not in Matthew. <laughs> On the list. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, next one, please. Let him who still steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. You want to start breaking. This is how we start breaking. Number one, we start giving. Where do you start giving? You start with the Lord. You start with the house of God. If you don't want to give it here, go to another congregation. Go give it there. Don't go away. Just go give it there. Come back. All right? I'll teach you more for free. Okay? <laughs> I mean, honestly. But I don't want you to think that I want your money. That's the one thing I don't want you to think. Is that the church wants your money. That's the worst thing you can think. And many, many preachers harmed the church and the gospel and the image of Christ by saying, give more money. Okay? I want you to be blessed. To break the back of the spirit of poverty, you need to give. And you need to start with the house of the Lord. And if it's an, you don't want to do it in this congregation, do it in another congregation, send it to somebody wherever, however if you want to. Just don't let this opportunity pass you by. All right, next one. He that covers his sin shall not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes. Okay, you've got to read between the lines here. Yeah. People that walk in the darkness don't prosper. It might seem like they're prospering. And they might have millions in the bank. There's one of the richest men in the world had to divorce his wife. I don't want to divorce my wife for no amount of money. Because one day when I'm old, I want to be able to stand with my wife and look at our children with their children. And they come and eat at my house. And I've got the mother of my children on my table. That's richness. I want to have friends. I don't want to be like, you know, I'm at that place where, I, you know, Gonzalo's got the saying, and I've taken it on. I've got enough friends, thank you very much. Bus is full, huh? I don't need no more friends. And get what God's doing. Sending more people. That's okay. Like, well, we'll be like a taxi. But Lord, I don't need more people. Somebody phones me on Friday. Friday was a Thursday evening. And I can just hear this person lying, 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 lying. They need a place to stay now. And they need this and they need that. And, wanna, wanna. and I was like, I can't think right now. I need time to think. I need time to think. I've got to go do, it was Wednesday night, sorry. I've got to do training right now. So where are you going to be tonight? Now I'm going to be at this garage. 100% remain there. I'm coming. I don't know what I'm going to do because my house is full, my yard is full. <laughs> I've got no more place. I've got no more. There's no more space for me to put people. Okay? I'd like to. And while I'm yeah, on Wednesday night training people, I'm in my inside praying, Lord, what must I do about this thing the whole time? Now, if you start ministering, you understand that you can be busy ministering and you can be receiving from the Lord at the same time. 
something's happened. I'm like, Lord, what must I do? The Lord said, well, just go pray for healing. If she's in the sick, you go pray for healing. I'm going to heal her. I said, okay. Everybody dismissed, got in a car, and I drove from garage to 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 garage and I found nobody. Okay. I was willing to do it. I said, I'm, why? Because there's sin involved. There's sin involved. Sin, the wages of sin equals death. It can be financial death. It can be relational death. It can be uh, a death in finances. It can be death in every single part. Sin causes that. It's not called black Africa or dark Africa because of the color of people's skin. It's called dark Africa because of the spiritual state of the continent. Worshipping forefathers. When we worship forefathers, now I want you to understand, it's not just the black people in South Africa that do it. Everybody that prays to saints, everybody that prays to saints are worshipping forefathers because they're dead and they came before them. Do you understand that? All right. So, Worshipping forefathers is worshipping the dead. Okay? That's evil. We don't worship. The God that we worship is alive and He's holy. So when we worship Jesus, He didn't stay dead, He resurrected. Can you see the contrast? What forefather rose from the dead? None. They're all dead in the grave. Kaput. Finished. Okay? But Jesus is alive. So when I worship Him, I'm worshiping something that's alive. You become like that which you worship. So there's life. That's why it says He's a life-giving force. I came to give you life and life in abundance. Now that you have energy, that you vitalize, that, that you're creative in your thinking. You can find solutions for problems. Not just suck the life out of and then move on. And suck the life out of and move on. Nomadic lifestyle. They kill the ground and then move on. But now the world's come to a place that they have to stay where they are. And they look at the around them and there's no grass growing. And there's no trees. All the trees are chopped down. Do you understand what that spirit does? Not just yeah, The whole of the world. Spirit of poverty says, I've got nothing but I can't even plant a veggie. work oh you got to take out the weeds i understand and you got to water i understand it's hard work it's hard work oh laziness is the spirit of poverty being too lazy to do something to me it always amazes me the poorest people the lawn's the worst they got nothing to do during the day because they don't have a job but they can't mow the lawn yet the people that are busiest that work and make money their lawn is tidy why it's what's going on inside it's what's going on inside. I don't have a job walking to people's house. Brr, oh my word. Now I understand having a lot of small kids in your house. I understand that. I'm talking about chaos. Chaos. And I'm Leon's in slop. 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. The house is dirty. Washing is in heaps. All over the place. But we're lying on the bed sleeping. I'm tired. God bless my granny. 
nog een beetje slapen, nog een beetje slijmer, die armoede oorval jy soos een dief in die nacht. Translate that, a little bit more sleep, and a little bit more slumber, and poverty is upon you like a thief in the night. That's Proverbs. My granny just did it with a vacuum cleaner as well. <laughs> 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the next one. Um, there is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for owners thereof to their own hurt. That old man that I told you about, having all that money kept there, riding, driving his amakrokrok, eating that type of food that's not even good enough for the dogs. He's keeping that money at his own hurt, at his own expense. It's an evil thing. It's an evil thing. Why have all the money and not just at least be generous, at least spend it? If you're not going to be generous with it, at least spend it on yourself then. But stop hoarding Mount Everest in money. You can't take it to heaven. All right? You're going to, I'm just, in case you didn't know it. We're all going to be there with a blar, a leaf, you know? <laughs> a blar. That's about what you're going to do. <laughs> I'm joking. So how do we break this thing? Let's go down to um, Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. Honor the Lord with your substance. That which you have, start giving to the Lord. Next one, please. We, I'm rushing myself a little bit. Will a man rob God? We all know this Ecclesia, uh, um, in Malachi about tithing. You can't rob God, God of money. Do you understand it? You can rob God of opportunity. When you don't tithe, you rob Him of the opportunity to bless you. God, now, some of you know the Bible better than I do, but I found one place where God tested man. Written in the Bible. I never thought it's true. Then I read it one day. And God tested Abraham. Now this test of Abraham was a higher grade test. He said, Abraham, sacrifice your son. That's a higher grade test. Uh, honest, I fail right there. Uh, I, I fail it. Abraham did not fail. He took his son up. We all know that. Eh? We all know what happened. And there was a ram on the bush. But he was willing to slaughter his son for the Lord. Okay? And I'm the first one to say, I, I don't pass that test. I won't be able to do it, Lord. I, I just don't have that. So when God says, I want you to test me, what does that test look like? A lower grade or a higher grade? That's the first thing we need to understand when we test when God tests us, and you, you and I do get tested, it's for promotion. God is not vindictive. When He tests us, it's because He already has built in the stuff into your life so that you can be promoted to the next level. When you get tested in standard 8 and you pass, where do you go? Standard 9. When you pass standard 9, you go to 10. When you finish the exam and matric, you go to university. Test is for promotion. You write your learner's test, you pass it, you can learn to drive. You go for your driver's test, they give you independence. It's for promotion. So when God tested Abraham, it was for promotion. The very next chap chapter, he inherited a new covenant. I will not open the gates of heaven. 
and pour out such blessing that you cannot contain it. Three months down the line, no, it's not working. That's our microwave society. Quickly, want to fix it. And it doesn't work. My ship has been going that way for 40 years. Now I want to turn it around in three months that way. Okay? Then it's a dinghy. But your life is not a dinghy. Your life is bigger than the Titanic. There's a huge call and mission on your life. You are supposed to take with you lots of souls. God has endowed in you a calling to influence people. He didn't save you so that you can go to heaven without people with you, empty-handed. He saved you and gave you talents. Those talents are worth a lot. To, so to turn that ship around, man, this is good. To turn that ship around will take time. It will take you to confess the Word of God. To say, I am the beloved. I am testing the Lord. I'm not testing Him. Come, Lord, let's wrestle. You're going to lose. You're going to test Him like my son would test me. Daddy, you said we can go go-karting. Daddy, you said we can go go-karting. Daddy, remember you said we can go go-karting. Come, son, let's go go-karting. Let's go. He says, now you're tithing. And you're tithing. Now you start, you're getting to a new business. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm tithing. And well, you're getting to, you apply for a new job. That's three, four times your salary. Lord, I'm trusting you. How, Lord? Because I'm tithing. I'm showing, I'm putting my reliance on you and not my bank account. I'm putting my reliance on you making this work and not the amount of money that's in the account, whether it be a bar or a bar. <laughs> My reliance is in you, sir. I am dependent. I am, you are my source. I cannot live without you. It's you and you alone that I want. When my son gets hurt, when he falls, where does he go? He doesn't go to a stranger. He runs to mom or dad. Daddy, help. I'm hurt. I'm struggling. My clothes are falling off my body. I've got no more clothes. Where does he go? He's down on the corner. He goes to his father. He goes to his mother. Where do we run to? We need to run to our Heavenly Father that calls us beloved. If you get that, if you, if you get that, you break the back of the spirit of poverty. Not just over your own life, but over generations to come. Because they see you live it out. We tithe. We thank God for our food. We thank God for everything we have. We look after the stuff because we're grateful it's from the hand of our Father that loves us. We're not going to track a deer. Next one. Um, oh, yeah, Matthew 6.33. We, did, we spoke about this one already. Next one. I believe. Proverbs. They, they, um, there are those that scatter yet increase and there are those that withhold more than is, that they need. But they tend to poverty. You start see the, what it says here is how much do you need? No, I'm building up my nest egg. And now you've got your nest egg. How much do you need? Or will you start looking after needs? Seeing a need and addressing it. Seeing a need and addressing it. It is a shame when a family has a hungry members. And mom and dad's lying in the bed with a full stomach. You agree? This is a family. This is a family. When we withhold, because oh, I've given my tithing. Given my tithing. Yet, there's people that don't have food. That's a shame. That's a spirit of poverty. Break the things back with generosity. Okay, let's go to the next one. 
He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed. He that is generous will be blessed. For he gives his bread to the poor. Do you understand that? I don't have to explain it. Next one. Luke. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. Overrunning shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure that you measure, you will be measured to you again. Give. How do you break the spirit of poverty? You give. You see, in Matthew 17, Jesus is these kind, the epileptic kind of spirit that threw the child into the fire, only goes out by prayer and fasting. The spirit of poverty goes out by giving. See that? It's for yourself. You're doing yourself a favor when you start becoming generous in your giving. That old lady, remember that old lady? She only had two cents, but she gave it. So it's not about the amount. It's about knowing who is the source. Okay, next one. And they that do good, they that be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. This is God's calling. He's calling those people that are willing to do good, be rich in good works, ready to distribute the goodness. They are willing to communicate the kingdom of God. They be blessed. God breaks the back. Next thing. All right, we're done. I want you to understand that by giving, we break the spirit of poverty. Over your own life. We've spoken now four weeks about different spirits. We're moving on from this. We don't want to harp too much. But I want to give you this key in your own life. How to break the spirit. Give. You start with the Lord. You tithe. And if that's all you can do, 100%. That's all you can do. And if your tithing is 5 cent, then it's five cents. I want to tell you, when I just got saved, I was unemployed for five years. I didn't get money for five years. I used to walk and pick up the coins in the street. That's the, the people threw away, the two cents, the five cents, the ten cents. I had to pick it up. I promise you. And I would take that to church. Some weeks it will be one, two cents. Some week it will be 50 cents or maybe a rand. With, and I'd say, Lord, seat for the sower. Please increase. Because I have to rely on you. I'm too white for my own country. They don't want me to work. I can't find a job. And I was looking for a job. I know how it is to look for a job. Okay? It's not lying on your bed. It's hard work looking for employment. And I put it in. Week after week, I do that. Every time I can, I would do that. I promise you, everything that I have, the Lord has given the Lord increases. He is faithful to His Word. Take that which you want to give you, Lord, the Lord in your hand. We're going to take up an offering. It's part of our worship, but it's also this morning part of our warfare. It's part of taking the Word of God to heart and act on it. And wise is the man that hears my words and builds on them. Foolish is the one that builds on the sand. But he is wise who builds on the rock. Faith without action 
is like a body without corpse. So is a man that hears the word of God and doesn't act upon it. Take that which you want to give the Lord in your hand this morning. And do it with faith. Don't do it because some guy in front can talk eloquently. Do it because the word of God has brought faith to your heart. And say, Lord, I'm taking this money, my hard-earned money. And maybe it's more than I can give. But this morning, I come in warfare. I want to break these things back. I want to move my trust from my bank account to my Lord. Take that. Father, thank you that this morning we can step out in faith. We step out in faith. Saying, our faith is in you. You are our source. You are our Father. You are our provider. We want to put you first. Your word says, Lord, that you will increase. Your word says that you will provide. And we don't have to worry about what we'll eat, where we'll live, what we'll wear. We don't have to worry about that. We can just come to you because our Father knows that we need this. But the evidence that we trust you is what we give this morning. We put our trust in you. Lord, thank you that I can pray for divine increase. Lord, and it's not prosperity teaching, Lord. It's just taking you at your word. And I speak that blessing, a blessing of increase in every place. Beloved, that you may prosper even as your soul prospers in health and wealth. In Jesus' We're going to stand up once you've done, and then we're going to, um, I want to bless you, and then we're going to go home and have some coffee. It went a bit longer than I planned. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Okay. Thank you. If you want a complaint, we do have an email address where we take complaints. Huh? It's, a, it, it's at complaintstayathome.co.za. <laughs> But we do have a prayer basket in front of you. If you want us to pray for you, you can put the... <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. Why don't you stand and we pray together? Father, thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, and as we go, I want to bless your children. I bless them, Lord, with the love of our Father. The grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's go have some coffee. God bless you guys.